Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back to the Brain Soul Success Show. I am so excited to have my guest with us here today. This is Dr. Carol Laurie. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Laurie. Yeah, Laurie, yes. Oh my gosh, you are so amazing. So, you know, Dr. Carol here, she's she's got such a great background. She's a, a naturopath, an acupuncturist, uh, and a homeopath. And you specialize in chronic disease management and have done a lot with breast cancer and a lot with women and women's issues. And even before we jumped on, you were telling me, hey, you know, you can help a lot with fertility. You've done a lot of work with that as well. Um, You know, and in 2007, Carol received that up close and personal introduction to the world of breast cancer when a dear friend was diagnosed with the disease. And I know you had such stellar results with her. You were shocked and, and, and you know, how little instruction that she really did have, right? To it's get through. Amazing. Tell it's us amazing. that story. You know, how did, how did you, um, how did you help her? Well, I was very naive when I look back at it. I mean, I had graduated from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine and I thought I understood the world of cancer. But um, when she was diagnosed and we showed up for her first chemotherapy infusion, no less than four times during this infusion was she offered sugar. We came in, they said to her, and she was slim. They said, oh, would you, you look a little thin. Would you like some Insure? And the number one product of Insure is glucose. It's just a horrible product nobody should be using. And then a few minutes in, would you like a lollipop or hard candy to suck on? Would you like some Gatorade? Would you like, and then when you finished, would you like a cupcake or cookie? So um, one of the main factors of cancer, which is scientifically proven is something called the Warburg effect. And the Warburg effect is the fact that cancer given glucose or oxygen as an option for energy, like gas for the gas tank, it will choose sugar or glucose, even though that means it gets less energy. So one of the interesting components here is you're giving chemotherapy to supposedly kill the tumor but then they're giving cancer the gas for the gas tank by offering the woman sugar. So that was the beginning of very eye-opening experience for both of us. And we put her on a whole naturopathic functional medicine protocol of eating and juicing and supplements and bone broth. And we would go in to meet with the oncologist and get the blood draw and then have a meeting and the doctor would say, well, you're doing better than any of my other patients. What are you doing? So um, that was really the beginning of my understanding the power of natural medicine and how 
it takes the best of both worlds, medical oncology and what I do to ensure a woman's health during treatment. And then when you're finished and into preventing recovery, because Mm -hmm. there are different requirements for the different stages of breast cancer treatment. And when you're finished with treatment, what can you do to reduce your risk of recurrence? Absolutely. So tell us what happened with your friend. How did you work with her besides the diet and everything that you did? When you talk about the different stages, were there different things you had to do at different stages in terms of natural help for her? Well, getting through chemo, um, it was very difficult for her. She had a lot of emotional upset that she felt her body had betrayed her, which is a very common Uh, emotion that women feel and no one is ever talking about it. So we spent a lot of time processing the emotions that she was going through and really dialing in her nutrition so she didn't lose too much. I mean, for her, she had already lost a lot of weight when she was first diagnosed because she was upset. So we had to make sure that she didn't go into what is known as cancer-related cachexia, where you've just lost so much weight because your appetite is depressed that your body starts metabolizing itself. And it's a very actually dangerous condition. And one of the things I do with the women I work with is make sure that that doesn't, is to the best of our ability that we don't go there because once you're there, it's very difficult to get out of that. Um, And we did acupuncture and we utilized our homeopathic remedies for nausea. And we prepared her for chemotherapy with intermittent fasting, which is now a very well-known concept, but um, in 13, 15 years ago, it wasn't so well-known. And when you prepare for chemotherapy, one of the main things you need to realize is that you don't want to eat a steak today and go for chemotherapy tomorrow and not think that you won't be sick. I mean, there's science-backed Um, protocols for this, which has shown that when you do intermittent fasting between 14 to 16 hours before your infusion, what happens is the cancer cells are starving. So they grab up the chemotherapy quicker and the healthy cells, when they're starving, they go into shutdown or protective mode. So they're protected more from the chemotherapy. So you will have less side effects and a more beneficial medical impact to the chemotherapy. So that's just one of the things that we did Mm -hmm. during treatment. And when treatment is over and you've gone through chemotherapy and if you choose to do radiation, most women are feeling by that point um, toxed out or like their body has been through the ringer between all these treatments and it's very disruptive to your life. So how do you then go about recovering your health in a way that enables you to get your energy back, to restore your, the health of your hair and your nails and your intestines mm-hmm. and begin to rethink what kind of life do I want now that I've been through this ordeal? Cause I'm not the same person now that I was when I first started treatment. And what are the things that have worked for me um, in my life? And what are the things that I really need to divest of myself of relationships, maybe a toxic job, I have too much clutter in the garage or my closet. I have clothes that I'm not gonna wear anymore. I mean, it's, we wanna start, I know this sounds silly, but we wanna start with the underwear drawer and we wanna work our way forward. How many women have underwear in their drawer? And this is an example of ways that we don't take care of ourselves that are old and no longer make us look nice. 
that really need to go into the trash can. We don't, um, it's a metaphor. I mean, people Mm -hmm. say to me, why are you talking about underwear? Because it's true. I mean, I've worked with a lot of women. Nobody cleans out their underwear drawer. So, <laughs> That's a great metaphor, Carol. It is a great metaphor. Yes. It's sad, but it's, uh-huh. and it's a little embarrassing, but it's also true. You need to clean out your underwear drawer. It's a metaphor for your life. Mm-hmm. So um, there is recovery. And then as soon as you've rung the bell, I've had women say to me, I rang the bell and all the doctors and all the support just disappeared. And I'm told I'm cancer free. But um, what does that really mean? And how come I'm so anxious and I can't sleep at night because I keep thinking about what, what can I do to keep it from coming back? And I'm on tamoxifen or I'm on an aromatase inhibitor. And I know that they're blocking the hormones, but there's also creating a lot of other side effects that now I'm concerned about the health of my bones. I don't want to get osteoporosis. They want me to take this shot for osteoporosis. I don't know if that will work for me. And I have joint pain from the aromatase inhibitor and I can't exercise and now I'm gaining weight. So that presents its own like bucket of problems. Mm-hmm. that we need to address slowly and methodologically one by one to really ensure that yes, you've been through treatment and now we need to really address the metabolic and emotional driving factors of your breast cancer. And that's what the Empowered Against Recurrence class does is it gathers a group of women together and we do that as a group. And it's really wonderful experience for me and for all the women involved. Oh, that's beautiful. And you described that so well. Thank you. You know, because I don't know that everyone listening here understands if they've never been through cancer, right? Those, you know, those different sort of phases of it and even just what happens within our our mind at those times, you know, too, because the emotions is a big part of it as well. It sounds like you work with that as a homeopathic, um, you know, as with, with all the great work that you do too, and really supporting them. I bet that group is amazing. Tell us a little bit about your group. Um, Well, I'm just about to launch a third group. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find out about it at empoweredagainstrecurrence.com. The group is amazing. Um, First Mm -hmm. of all, it's now five weeks. It used to be four. I've added another week. So we start with the centering and meditation and women share what's going on for them during the week. And then I teach, I have um, beautiful slides that I um, have created. And the first week we talk about nutrition, what is the best quote unquote way to eat for you when you have breast cancer. And also we have to consider it's not just you, it's also your family. Yes. Because the standard American diet, as we've come to know it is not good just for the woman, but it's also not good for every single person of your family, your spouse, your children, what, whoever, it's unhealthy. So how can we shift everyone to a healthy way of eating that's enjoyable and nurturance, nurturing? And also, you, I don't think a woman should have to cook one way for herself and then cook another way for the family. That's just too much effort mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. fair. So we need to find a way for a woman and her family to enjoy healthy food that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, then the second week I talk about supplements and so many times um, people come to me, they have their bag or their box of supplements that they've bought. They do research on Google or through the internet and they find, oh, I need this, I need, I need that. And they come in and they've wasted 
hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Yes, I see the same. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they bought a product that is not made to pharmaceutical quality standards. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't need it. Um, it, I I doubt the company, the manufacturing quality. Uh, So it's like, okay, out of 25 things that you're bringing in, maybe we can keep five. Mm-hmm. When you have a serious metabolic disease, you need to use supplements that have made, been made to pharmaceutical quality standards. It's not something that you want to purchase through Costco or CVS or Trader Joe's. Which How do you Trader figure Joe's. out? I'm sorry. How do you figure out what people need? You know, like, because we're all individual. You know, I use kinesiology and muscle testing and my, my biofeedback devices. How do you figure out or determine what some, what, what an individual, you know, what each client patient needs? Well, there's a standard protocol that I know that every woman needs to be on. And then we make adjustments according to their blood work, mm-hmm. um, according if they've had advanced genomic testing, such as the Karis Molecular Intelligence Test or the Neogenomics or Foundation One or Oncotype, or any of those tests that provide me with information on a deeper level about what's driving their breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the blood work that I ask them to get from their oncologist is much more extensive than they normally get. It's not just a CBC and a comprehensive blood test. I want to look at, you know, how is their glucose being metabolized and what are, what is the insulin glucose factor one? Cause that's very important. Are they having glucose factors problems? Because glucose, as we know, is sugar for the cancer gas tank. So in addition to being in a very low glycemic diet with white sugar and also carbs, we also need to make sure that their body is processing it properly. So they may have a normal hemoglobin A1C, but their insulin glucose factor is slightly elevated. And that's as an indication they can be going into syndrome X and not metabolizing uh, the insulin receptors properly. So that's really important. And unfortunately that isn't really addressed in standard oncology. Um, I like how you dive deep into the, into the, into the metabolics of all that. Cause I always think of how digestion, we either digest life or it digests us. Yeah. That's a good phrase, you know, which is, you know, emotional too, but, but physical as well, you know, as for whole, we're whole people you know, with that as well. What do you see as some of the causes? Like if you're working so deeply with, bre- you know, breast cancer and other, other kind of autoimmune, you know, I know yes. you do a lot of, a lot of amazing work with women. Um, what, um, what do you see as the cause of breast cancer? I'm, I'm curious. Um, I think in general, all chronic serious disease has an emotional foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very important when I say that, that the woman not think, oh, I caused my autoimmune illness or my colitis or my infertility or my breast cancer. Um, trauma happens and you do the best that you can in the moment of attending to it so that hopefully that trauma is a moment in your life. It doesn't have to define your life, but what we can't handle emotionally when it happens, we put into our bodies. So um, if you have a genetic predisposition like the BRCA1 and 2 gene that gives you 
between an eight and 13 to 25% increased risk of possibly developing cancer. That's neogenetics um, and neogenomics. And we want to look at the lifestyle. I mean, we're exposed to more carcinogens every day uh, in, in every component of our life, in our home, in our makeup, in our body care products, in our laundry products, in the environment, in the water, in the food. So that's a lot of toxins for a little body to be able to be healthy with. And add to that chronic stress and maybe not eating as healthy as we need to be, then you have sort of an environment where the cancer can go, well, here I am, um, let's get going. So it's not just one thing that creates a serious disease. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important for women to understand. And it's not just one supplement or eating only this way that mm -hmm. is going to address all of the contributing factors that have created cancer for you. And one of my main attitudes here is it's not a, we're not at war with cancer. We don't need to attack it or conquer it because cancer is part of who you are. And I have a more feminine, gentle approach, which is we need to get quiet inside of our bodies and start having a conversation with the cancer and listening to what comes up because um, it will tell you what happened, why it's there, and it will guide you um, towards how you can recover your health and your life. I mean, mm -hmm. we can't choose what ends up on our path. A lot of the times we don't have a choice, but we definitely have choices in how we respond to what appears to us, even if it's a difficult situation, such as cancer or you've lost your home in a wildfire, or, I mean, we have, you know, environmental problems these days, which are out of our control. Mm -hmm. And in, on some level, you know, the wildfire, the tornadoes, getting cancer is out of your control. Um, how do you choose to react to these difficult moments in life is a defining moment of who you are and how you will get through it and recover and what is the next chapter of your life going to look like? Yes, absolutely. That was beautifully, beautifully put. Um, I do, I, I clear a lot of trauma, you know, so I do see that as a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, I know that we hold trauma in the brain and it creates a lesion in the brain. Wow. And that's Dr. Hamer's work. And so I like to release those trauma places because um, you're right, trauma. In fact, he, he was a German doctor, Dr. Hamer. It's Hamer New Medicine. His uh, son was shot at 17. He died. Oh. And three months later, he had testicular cancer. And his oh. hypothesis was the trauma caused the illness. Yeah. So he started working with clearing his own trauma. And then he was actually a cancer doctor in Germany, working with a lot of different kinds of cancers. And he put whole charts together. It's fascinating work. I would love um, to see it. I'm sure yeah, it's fascinating. Look it up. It's Hamer New Medicine. Um, okay. He's passed now, but um, because he was radical, okay, he believed the trauma caused the illness, not, you know, he, he still talked about physical body, but what he did is he took pictures of people's brains before and after treatment. And he would show that the lesion in the brain that was here, 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 wherever it was, you know, different lobes of the brain or wherever it was sort of um, showing up on that spec scan, it would be gone after the trauma treatment. 
I believe that 100%. And, and so I figured out how to do that. <laughs> Wonderful. That's so great. Uh, because I see that, you know, and so I was very curious about what you saw as causes. And, you know, you mentioned environmental. One of the things that I see with breast cancer a lot is um, dioxin or pesticides. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a woman whose father was in Vietnam. And then she was exposed, you know, as a kid as well. So she had it both from dad in the womb, so to speak, you know, in her body. Um, um, And then, and then later on in life. And so then later she developed breast cancer after some trauma too, you know? Right. Right. So she had, you know, it was like her body was able to take so much. And then that trauma like tipped the scales and, um, you know, I have women come in and we have this conversation. They get very upset with themselves that I created this in my body or I did this to myself. And I really want to say that it's important to be really gentle with yourself and not judge. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't create this. Uh, it happens. It's like there, there are forces in our lives beyond which we're able to impact and there's a lot of unconscious activity that we need to just have in order to get through a day in our busy society, in our busy world. And how do you get quiet and calm and get connected to yourself and to be able to find what's your next path and what does that entail? And uh, I think that cancer is difficult Uh, there's a lot of scary rhetoric out there about it Mm -hmm. and it's my job to break that down and into really, you know, boundary concrete. Yes, you have cancer and yes, this is what we can do. Let's focus on that and, um, keep you as healthy as possible during treatment, help you recover your health when you finish treatment. So you don't, um, I had a woman come in to see me 10 years after, she had completed chemo and radiation and surgery. And in those 10 years, her health had declined to the point where she was barely able to get off the couch. Um, And you don't need to have 10 years of feeling bad. Um, You don't need to have five days of feeling horrible. I mean, there are ways, simple ways that we can really impact your health. So let me just tell you the nice story about this woman, which is 10 years on the sofa and feeling bad, horrible fatigue, body aches, weight gain. I took two months of changing her diet, taking supplements, doing the healing smoothie. And within two months, she was able to start on the treadmill, which she had in a garage. She was able to start on that five minutes a day. I was very happy with that. Yes. After a week at five minutes, it went up to 10 minutes. After you know another week, it went up to 25 And then she comes in and she's, you know, has energy. She's getting her life back. She's eating differently, doing a smoothie and taking her supplements every day. And she says, you know, I really love to ride a bike. And I personally don't do biking well. It it hurts my rear end too much, but I go, that's fantastic. Go get a bike. Uh So she borrowed a bike from somebody to see if she liked it. And she liked it so much that her, she and her husband got one for herself, a really good one for her birthday. And she started biking initially. It was just a couple miles a day and then it went up to five miles and then it was 25 miles and it was these 50 mile bike (laughs) rides over the weekend. And then there is in California, there is a, um, 
a hundred mile bike ride up and down the, the coast on highway one. Nice. And she, a, a year after she started working with me, she did that bike ride 25 miles a day for four days in a row, like arduous up the mountains and up wow. the hills of highway one. Wow. She raised thousands of dollars for women with breast cancer. So this is 10 years of feeling bad versus one year later. There's there's the scale. So that's the choice for all of you ladies out there. I don't think it's an accident that we're um, here together. It's like, don't, don't do the 10 year syndrome. Exactly. Don't do the five year syndrome. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not feeling well, know that there is a path and a reason and a way for you to stop feeling bad. And it won't take that much from you to go from where you are to the hundred mile bike ride. That's a metaphor. You don't have to, but I couldn't do a hundred mile bike ride if I tried, <laughs> but that was, awesome. that was her joy. I mean, what is your joy? You know, you want to have energy to run around the block with your grandchildren or plant a garden or, you know, renovate your home or get back to a different work profession. I mean, I think cancer is an opportunity to help you create that for yourself. That's beautiful. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. I wish I would have found you. I mean, years ago when I was sick, it did take me 16 years. You know, I wasn't on the couch for that long, but it seems like it took that long for my brain to work right. And for me to really feel like I was me again, you know? So of course that's why I do what I do. That's why we all do what we do. Right. So, so do you have a, you know, what were the, some of the challenges in your life or your business? You know, what even got you into, um, naturopathy and acupuncture and homeopathy. How did you, how did you get into that in the first place? Well, I was planning on going to medical school and I took a year off. Um, and I was living in a spiritual community in New York and my roommate had cancer. And this was in 1976. And I went with her to Columbia medical center and her oncologist said, we've done all we can for you. There's nothing more we can do. They had done so much radiation to her chest. Um, and she was a young woman and she said, I, you know, basically he said to her, the underlying thing was you're gonna die and there's nothing we can do for you. And she was young and said, I'm not gonna buy into that. And she found this chiropractor in New York who was doing iridology to put people on detoxifying diets. Now you have to understand something that in 1976, nobody knew what the word detoxifying meant. Right. And um, you know, now we say it, it's like standard fare, but in those days you're detoxifying, what the heck is that? I, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I went with her to this doctor and he was having people do vegetable juices and this something called a blended salad and eat nuts and bananas on a day. I mean, it was very weird. And, um, the whole community, the whole spiritual community, everybody started doing this detoxifying diet. We were all eating blended salads and making vegetable juices. And I started working in this doctor's office. Oh, and, cool. um, <laughs> yeah. So when I first started working in his office, this young girl came in and she had really bad skin. And once again, you don't know how naive you are in the moment until you're older. But I remember thinking, she has bad skin. What is the problem? You go on antibiotics, just take the drugs and you're fine. I mean, that's how naive I was. And now I would never say tank antibiotics for bad skin. 
Um, and a month later she came in, she went, she saw him, he looked in her eye. She, he said, oh, you have this problem mm -hmm. and that problem and here's your diet and I'll see you in a month. So she comes back in a month later, she had lost weight. Her skin was gorgeous. She felt great. And um, then I really began to track what was going on with everybody. And he, everyone in that who came to see him had either been mistreated, misdiagnosed or messed up by standard medicine. Mm -hmm. And I saw how everyone got, was getting better. And it was just, I mean, it was my immersion into the power of natural medicine and nutrition. And one day I was going through this huge pile of paperwork, which I have on my desk and a lot of people do. And there was a catalog to the National College of Naturopathic Medicine. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe I should go here. And that was my path. I mean, you know, when you think about, you look back at your life in many years later, it's like every single thing that I had done, if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't have been there. I hadn't been. So it was that moment. It was meant that was my path to go to NCNM in Portland. And I applied and I went in. And I remember driving cross country by myself to Portland. It was a very big deal to leave Philadelphia and my mom and family and friends. It was a really big deal. Mm -hmm. So I wanted this really badly to put that, be able to do that. And it was not an easy journey, um, but I believe <clears throat> in natural medicine uh, with all my heart. And I think it's not one or the other. It needs to be both. I believe in taking the best of both worlds. There are people who uh, do not feel that breast cancer should be treated with drugs. And um, that's, you know, I respect their decision, but that's not who I work with. I, I like to take the best of both worlds and make sure you're as healthy as possible during and then recover your health after and then use all these natural tools to prevent it from coming back. Um, and that's true for any disease, autoimmune, infertility, whatever. We need the best of both worlds. Thank God for, you know, medicine. If you need surgery, it's like. Right, right. Yeah. So you're a believer in both worlds. And it sounds like you had your exposure to the world of natural medicine very early, um, way back, way back when. What a great gift to work. It was with a miracle to, yeah, it was uh, the work that this doctor did. And he was unfortunately harassed almost to death by the New York Medical Society and they really gave him a hard time. It yeah, shame. I, especially at that time, right? Yeah, 1976 you know? to 1980s. Um, he, yeah, and he, he was a genius ahead of his time. Yeah, you were so blessed to work with him. Who he else was. have been some of your mentors? Would you say who have some been some of your early mentors? Um, I'd say Robin Murphy, who was a homeop who is a homeopath. Um, I think he's in New Mexico now. He was my homeopathic teacher at NCNM, and then um, Rajan, some of the Indian crew for my homeopathy. Luke Klein, I'm a um, member of his community. I got his certification. Um, he, the way he does homeopathy, and Jan Schulten. Uh, They've really taken homeopathy to um, another level and brought it up to the 21st century. And it's a wonderful modality. Mm -hmm. And um, I've used it 
for women with breast cancer, but also lately with during this pandemic. Um, in the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918, which killed 500 million people or a third of the world population, um, the people who did homeopathy had a 11.8% death rate and everybody else, it was like 28.4%. Ooh, interesting. So yes. that, yeah, that's a mm -hmm. fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so homeopathy <laughs> is, um, yeah, 500 million people died in 1918. And the interesting thing about pandemics is they occur after violence. When you look at what happened with 1918, it was the end of World War I. Horrible violence, lots of anger and hatred, and horrible hygiene and really bad nutrition. So that was like the perfect storm for the pandemic of 1918. And when you look at a hundred years later, the environment that happened before we, our recent outbreak, there was a lot of anger and diversity and split in mm -hmm. society that created this, I think contributed to our current condition. And uh, it's a virus, it's going to mutate. I, I don't know if it's um, ever going to disappear. So yeah, you know what Hannah said viruses are? And, and I think- Yeah, I think let's see, let's hear. You know what, Hannah said that viruses are emotional. And you could actually shout out a virus, like tell it to leave. Now this is sort of the spiritual missionary, you know, view of it, if you will. Um, you know, so so I believe everything is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. We can't sort of separate us. We're we I agree totally. people and even right. causes, you know, of things like this virus or whatever we want to, you know, say it is or isn't, or you know, if it's going to mutate. We have to get people from fear to faith. That's it. We got to clear the fear because the fear is what's keeping that alive. Yeah. The fear and unhealthy environment and mm -hmm. vitamin D deficiency. I mean, most Americans are vitamin D deficient, especially after being inside for a year yes. and everyone is zinc deficient. So, I mean, the standard American diet has contributed to the virus being able to take hold in our society. But unfortunately it also has taken hold of very healthy people. And, you know, I know several people mm -hmm. through our community who posted that, you know, their trainer who was 31, who was in great shape, died. Yeah, I know. So, this, um, it's, so it's so hard to, you know, to families have lost everyone. I mean, five members in a family. I mean, it's, um, there's, you know, you think that if you're healthy, you're going to be okay, but that's not necessarily the reality. No, we have to take care of ourselves. Again, taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, doing the best job that we can, all the wonderful things that you teach and the people that you've worked with, you know, you've done such a great, such a great job with that. I'm curious, Carol, how do you stay at your best? Well, that's, you know, I, I, I can't help people if I don't walk the walk. I mean, I feel that would be very hypocritical and it would show up in my work and, um, so I do power walks every day. I alternate between power walks and I have my firm weight workout with my weights. Um, I sort of let that go in the middle of the winter. And then I looked down at my body and I went, uh oh, I'm like in trouble here. So I started really doing my exercising. I take a whole bunch of supplements religiously every day, mm -hmm. uh, twice a day. I 
take a handful and I swallow them and I feel blessed when I take them because I think they keep me healthy. Um, I eat really well. I love to cook and I go to the farmer's market a couple times a week and buy fresh vegetables and I juice a couple times a week. I, and I, I think that it's very important to stay on top of your emotional well-being. And it's very easy for all of us to go into those dark holes, whether it's breast cancer or family problems or viral or, I mean, that dark hole exists in, for all of us in our psyche. And it's very important to do things which keep you at the top of it. Um, once you're down there, it's really hard to come out. Um, so I garden. I love my garden and nice. um, my exercise. And now that we're able to see each other more, it's nice to hang out with people. But before I would just have Zoom, like Zoom dates with my friends with, <laughs> for tea, you know, depending uh -huh. that we're at some cafe together. I mean, uh, you need community and you need your support. Mm -hmm. um, and the community that it's amazing to me with these Empowered Against Recurrence groups, how the women in the group just immediately come together once they know it's a safe place and we get calm and we do a little meditation beforehand. Um, they're so present for each other and people have a problem and other, somebody else makes a suggestion. I mean, it's really a beautiful thing, the heart connection that and how people really want to help. So I think that one of the ways of staying out of the dark hole is to really understand that given the right environment, your body wants to be healthy, your mind wants to be healthy. And we as humans really want to take care of each other in a very positive way. And you can see that in the group and you can see that in life if you look. Yes, absolutely. And I, again, that group just sounds amazing. I love the power of groups as well. I see this you have your own group way. too. I love that. Yeah. And I do see that same thing, the support, you know, there's just a different energy. Um, I like a one-on-one -on -one as well, but I really like the groups and I, I think there's so much, so much, you know, benefit that I see from that too. Yeah. So, so in your downtime, it sounds like you like to garden, you like to cook. Yes. Yeah. So doing, doing all those amazing things to support yourself, you know, what advice would you give a new practitioner starting out? Um, um, yeah, that's, I think that when I was in school, um, you weren't given any skills to manage your business or know what to do when you got out of school. <laughs> I hope that's changed. Um, I think that it, hopefully before you've graduated, you have a website, you, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be simple and clean mm -hmm. and you need, you, un, you know, where you want to work and you, maybe you want to, you think you can do everything, but it would be nice if you could focus on a few things in the beginning. I mean, there's a general practitioner. That's great. If that's the kind of practice that you want. Or if you really want to just focus in, it would be nice to know what that is, like women's health or men's health or orthopedics or whatever. So the, you, to just really think about what down the road in 5, 10, 15 years, what do, what do you want your practice look like? Um, I think to find a mentor to really meet with maybe once a month um, for your business and then for your 
for your business finances and for your business uh, in general, your presentation, how you're managing your business. Uh, there, there, if you don't handle that financial management component of your business, you're setting yourself up to be, not be successful. And to do that at the very beginning is just really smart. Right. Um, a different world now than when you and I started out. Uh, we didn't have the internet. There was no such thing as Facebook and social media. There's a lot of requirements right now to be on Facebook, on Twitter. I mean, I'm not on Twitter. That's not my avatar, but I have somebody I create with a woman, my Facebook and my Instagram posts, figure out which one of your social media is, you know, which combination will work for you and really pay someone to help you get your messaging out there in a way that is going to be returning to your practice. Um, the sooner you get these systems in place when you first start, the better it will be. And I hope that they're teaching you about this in school. I don't know if they do or not. And if they don't, there are a lot of online programs that you can pay for, which will be money well spent that will teach you what to do. That's great advice. That's really just practical common sense. You have a very wonderful common sense, you know, presence, um, nice balance. Um, you know, we can tell you've done your spiritual work. We've done your work on yourself. And of course, you're helping all these amazing women um, heal from something very difficult, you know, at a difficult time in their life. So it takes a special person to do that. And I just want to honor you. Carol. Well, thank you so much, but, Louise. I feel but, the same way about you, totally. So the work you're doing is stellar. And you know, um, and cancer is not my favorite thing. I'll be sending you people if they come my right. way. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but I just, I mean, I can do their trauma, but all the all the other amazing work that you're doing with them, I yes. Well, that's thank a great combination, Louise. Yes, thank you. You work on your trauma and I do the, you know, supplement med functional you medicine component. That's that a great yeah. combination. Yeah, that's just beautiful. You know, if you were going to leave our audience today with one tip, um, what would that be? Um, I think as women, we have this uh, little inner voice that is very critical and very difficult about to ourselves. And I think if you can get in touch with that voice, and then you can't just say to the voice, oh, shut up or go away, you have to really begin to engage that voice it's not possible to turn the volume off, but you can turn the volume down. And the more you can become aware of that voice, the less it will dominate your life. So um, when I looked down at my body and I saw that um, not having exercised and gone off the healthy food wagon for several months, I had an, a stomach problem now that my pants weren't fitting me. I mean, I could have just been so harsh with myself and just said, oh, you're this and you're that, that's horrible. Why did you do that? It was like, okay, this is a result of, you know, being inside during the pandemic and everybody was stressed out. And now um, the weather is nice and I'm going to fix this. It's not the end of the world. And guess what? If I can't get my pants to fit, I'll give them to the women's shelter and I'll have to go buy a few new ones. I mean, mm -hmm. there are many ways of approaching a situation that doesn't put yourself down. And I think that I see that women talk to themselves in a way that is disrespectful. And 
my the word empowerment for me, it's my whole program, empowered through treatment, empowered into recovery, empowered against recurrence. It's really about empowering yourself in self-love and with a feminine approach, a gentle approach about your health and your life. And that has a ripple effect for you Absolutely. and everyone that comes in contact with you. Absolutely. What a beautiful, beautiful tip. Um, I just, I just love that. Thank you so much. I know you have a free gift too, that you're, um, that you're offering our listeners. We'll put the link below. Tell us a bit wonderful. about that. Yeah. What is well, that? it's my healthy hormones nutrition guide and, um, it looks simple, but it took a lot of years and a lot of research to put this together. And, um, it's the beginning of a foundation of eating healthy, whether you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, fertility problems, breast cancer, the breast cancer one is a little bit more specific, but it's a very easy way of just beginning to transfer your diet, transform your diet from a standard American diet to a healthier version that will work for you and your entire family. Oh, beautiful. That is so timely. That is so perfect for, you know, I, I hope that people are in a place of, you know, moving out of, let's, let's call it post COVID. I hope. I know? agree. <laughs> that would be nice. You know? I, I, I'm doing it every day. You know, I go out yes. on my power walks, whether I'm tired or not, I just push through and you yeah, can start out, you know, you can start out at five minutes. Like my, my patient Ellen did five minutes was all she could do. I was happy. And she said, oh, it's only five minutes. I went, it's only five minutes, but it's the beginning. And it yeah. was one year later, 25 miles a day, five days a four, for four days yes. in a row. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that. Cause I'm, I just got a Peloton bike and I'm doing, Oh, you got a Peloton. Oh, I so envious. I, I can't I, wait to I, get a Peloton. I love it. I actually love it. And I didn't think I would, I would like that much, but I only do like 10 minutes, but sometimes twice a day. So I, I don't do, I'm not doing a, a big, you know, see, thing. you're putting yourself down. Fun. Don't put yourself down. Only is, it's not only it's great. I think yeah. 10 minutes is 10 minutes more than you would have done otherwise. And at the end of the week, that 10 minutes is, you know, over an hour and, you know, your legs are going to yes. thank you for it. Yes. My legs are stronger. I have to get this super, <laughs> there's a pad that you can put on top of the, the seat. I need the super padding for my rear end with the Peloton. I mean, I have um, bike problems. That's why I don't have one yet, but I'm looking forward to getting one. I can't wait. My friend has one. It's made a huge difference for her life. Yeah, I, I really like it. You know, I was just like, I remember when, when COVID started and this fitness super truck drove down our street. Oh. And and I was, I, I could I could feel like I was going to run out and try to follow the truck. And I thought, who is so smart that they're ordering some kind of equipment because we're home now? Yeah. You no, know? and I didn't have anything. And so, um, and it took a while to get delivered. <laughs> so this is, I know there's this a back order. Like, Everybody wants one. You can't get one so quickly. It's not like you yeah. order on Amazon. It's here the next day. It's not. It takes no. months. <laughs> we're all, you know, we're, but they're, we're all ordering them. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's been really, really fun. Well, this has been such a gift to, uh, to get to know you and um, to have you share all the amazing work that you're doing in the world. So thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing with women and, uh, and for this opportunity to talk with you today. And, um, and I look forward to collaboration here in the future. So thank you, Carol, for being with us. Louise, thank you so much for having me. It was really an honor and a pleasure to be here with you and your community. I'm so grateful. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. Have a great day. 
enjoy and definitely, you know, take some of Carol's tips here, you know, get out and do a little exercise or do some gardening, um, you know, take good care of yourself and, uh, and we'll see you later. Mm -hmm.